Thank you, Brother Chris. Would you say thank you to these folks again for leading us? Thank you, brothers and sisters. Bless you all. If you have your Bibles, find your place in John chapter 1 this morning. John chapter 1. If you're a guest, good to see you. May the Lord bless you. Again, I'm Pastor Mike. As Brother Todd said earlier, you guests who are here, please let us know if we can do anything for you, minister to you, answer any of your questions. We're honored to have you. And we're grateful that you'd come this morning as we begin to think about, I want to challenge you to look to Jesus these days in which we live as we're approaching time as we call it and, and the church has called it for many centuries, uh, Advent time, which is the celebration of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're going to uh, do some things in the weeks just prior to that, looking at the great truths and great mysteries of Jesus Christ. Son of God. So I'm going to be calling you to look to Jesus. Before we start that this morning, <clears throat> this is for um, International Mission Board. Our International Mission Board of Southern Baptists has called this day a day to pray for the persecuted church globally, and we want to do that this morning. We in America, we're not quite uh, so certain about this matter of perse persecution, but We've, we've sent enough of our own people to places in the world they've seen, and we have relationships with those who truly have suffered for the sake of the gospel. Preachers who've been incarcerated, preachers and others who've been physically marred and damaged by, the, by beatings and uh, cruelty, separation of families from their uh, children from their parents, uh, there are people who love the Lord Jesus who are locked away in places far away from their families and uh, many of them alone today. And we as a part of the global church of the Lord Jesus Christ want to pray for our brothers and sisters. We don't know them by name. You don't have to. They're the unnamed who stand and seek to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus and they are an example to us. What did the Lord say? In the great, uh, wonderful truths of the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. Because of my name, uh, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So there are those around us who are enduring in parts of the world things that we are not today, regardless of your political affiliation or your opinion about American politics. It's not the same. It's not the same. So we think about these brothers and sisters today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of knowing the Lord Jesus. And we thank you for our brothers and sisters who have led us and encouraged us today by their words and their singing. Our hearts are full because we are saved by the grace of God. So now we, we come before you. We come to the throne of grace. O oh Lord Jesus, our high priest, and we present these dear ones who are, who are our friends in Christ. We do not even know them. Some of them who know the Lord Jesus, who have Jewish backgrounds, others Gentile backgrounds, but they stand for the Lord Jesus and they suffer. And they endure and they have separation. We pray for power. We pray for provision. Pray for your protection over them. We pray that you would grant grace. You know, you understand, and it is your purpose that they suffer so that the gospel might advance. 
may some who beat them repent of their sins like Paul and as he persecuted the church and Stephen and may they be saved and become great messengers for the gospel. We pray that you would help us as American Christians to do our part to resource, to aid, to encourage, and also to learn. For they know things we do not know about walking with God. So we pray for them and we thank you for this moment and this time we can have to come along with many others in the body of Christ, your, your people. And we present them to you and we say, Lord, provide for them and give them what they need. As we come to the throne of grace, you always give us help and mercy in our times of need. So we pray for our brothers and sisters today, their children and their families, <clears throat> their churches and their ministries. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. John chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in uh, verse number 1. John chapter 1, verse number 1. Just a, a little bit further over in John chapter 1, John the Baptist is preaching repentance and the Jewish people are coming to him and they're asking him who he is and he's explaining that he's a voice crying in the wilderness and then he interrupts his discussion with them and he says, behold the Lamb of God because Jesus came by. While the baptizing was going on, Jesus came by and he said, behold, that means look. That means look. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Then he goes on and says, This is the one that I told you about who I am not worthy to unstrap his sandals. He is in rank greater than me because he existed before me. He existed before me. So now we open our Bibles and we look to Jesus. Who are you looking to today? I'm asking you, are you looking to your job? You're looking, you're looking to somebody who's in political office? Are you looking to your money in the bank? Are you looking to your family? Are you looking to your friends? Who are you looking to? Who are you looking to? And in our English way of saying that, you know what I mean by that. You're looking to them for help, encouragement, deliverance, salvation, rescue, mercy, forgiveness, love. What are you, all of those things that you're looking to others for, you will find fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus. That's what old Pastor Mike's going to say to you. If you're not back next week, you'll know what I'll be saying over the next few weeks. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. He's the one you must look to when you're at your moment of despair, when you're in the hardest time of your life when you don't know who else to look to or turn to, that's when you look to Jesus. You look to Him and you will find, you will find what you're looking for that you've never been able to find in looking at or looking to yourself or someone else. Praise the Lord. So let's look to Jesus. Today I want to glorify and praise the Lord Jesus who is the eternal Word of God. Jesus Christ, Son of God, today I want us to set our minds. You're going to have to love God with your minds today. You know what the Word of God says. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Today, this is going to require you thinking using your mind. 
We love our heart to be moved. We love to be stirred in our soul. But today we think about something that is unexplainable, which is the greatest and glorious of all mysteries. It is the mystery of Jesus Christ, the eternal Word of God. So we'll worship Him as we think on Him today. And for some of you, what I'm praying will happen to you is you'll be, I'm going to use this word in the, in the right way, haunted by these truths and you'll not be able to shake them. And when you leave this place and go back to being having your mind preoccupied by lesser things, the Holy Spirit of God will keep saying to you, look to Jesus, look to Jesus, look to Jesus, the eternal Word of God. The Lord Jesus said of himself, just before I read, the Lord Jesus said of himself, the Father has given all judgment to the Son. This is in John 5. You don't need to turn there. Listen. This is why I'm doing this. John 5, the Father has given all judgment to the Son so that all, listen, all will honor the Son as they honor the Father. That's what we're doing today. We're honoring and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. He who does not, oh, here's the warning. Here's the warning to all the world religions. Here's the warning to all the pagan philosophers. Here's a warning to all who have some idea about God, but reject Jesus Christ. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. So today, this church we honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's honor Him. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overpower it. Verse 14. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten, from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness, that is of Jesus Christ, of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Oh, these mysteries now. We come to holy, holy, holy ground. We come as people bound by time and space. We come as those who have had a beginning 
And now you have made us with a eternal spirit. And one day we will live forever either in heaven or separated in hell based on our decision about Jesus Christ. Now we set our minds upon things above. We set our minds upon the glory of the eternal Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, the eternal Word of God. We worship, we honor, we praise, we glorify. May these words about the eternal Word of God shake us and wake us up so that we might see the glory of the Lord Jesus, whom we follow and confess as Lord and Savior all the days of our life until eternity. We sing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain forever and ever with all the saints for all the ages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have three observations today about Jesus as the eternal Word of God. It's simply the first three phrases of the first verse. I'll ask you to keep your Bible open because we will look perhaps at a few other places, but for the most part, in this limited time I have this morning, I want to just remind you of these very significant truths. Boys and girls, today I talk to you about Jesus Christ who has always existed. I talk to you about Jesus Christ. Yes, He was born. But before he was born, he existed. He's always existed. He's he was never created. He is the eternal God who comes to this world, takes on our human body and all of our emotions and all of our passions and all of our desires. And he is the God man, fully God, fully man. And he dies for our sins. He is raised from the dead. He ascends back to God the Father. He ascends back to heaven in glory. He is the one who has always existed. What would it be like if you knew someone who had always existed? What would it be like if you knew someone who had already existed, I tell you today, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you have looked to Him for salvation, you know someone who has always existed. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today I have three observations. Number one, look to Jesus who is, please notice your verb, who is the eternal Word of God. First phrase, John 1, 1, in the beginning was, look at your verb. In the beginning was the word. Secondly, look to Jesus, the eternal word of God, who, who has always, notice your verbs, who has always been with God. Second phrase, and the word was with God. Then we'll see today for a brief moment here as we consider these glorious truths. Look to Jesus, the eternal word of God, who has always been God. Last phrase, and the word was God. Look to Jesus, who is, who is the eternal word of God. He always is. He always has been. He always will be. He is the eternal word of God. 
Look to Jesus, who is the eternal word of God, who has always been with God. And look to Jesus, the eternal word of God, who has always been God. We're not talking about two gods. We're talking about the mystery of how God has revealed himself in his own nature, in the glory of who God is as Father, Son, and Spirit. Though this work of God is seen in Father, Son, and Spirit, one God. And that's what we glorify today, this majestic idea, this tremendous concept, thought, truth, eternal truth about the nature of one who has always existed and always will. Before there was time and after time. You see, we're trapped by time. Thankfully, thankfully, it's not like the old days with time change. You have a smartphone and it already changed the time for you. You didn't have to change it. But you see, we're bound by time. That's why John says, in beginning. We have to have an understanding of things. There's a beginning, there's an ending. Things start and they finish. Time is all we know. Everything we do is done around time. To somehow comprehend anything beyond time is for us almost impossible. But we discover here that eternal life, eternal life, life beyond time is only, is only through Jesus Christ who is eternal life, who is the one who has always been. But He is first the eternal Word of God. He is God the Word. He is God the Word eternally. So we read, in the beginning was the Word. You see, He expresses the invisible God. He says, He says what we cannot hear from the invisible God who is Spirit. What did the Lord teach us in John 4? God is spirit. Those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. But now there's one who has come in these last days and he has spoken to us on behalf of the God who is real, who is true, that we cannot see. Look, I'm speaking a lot of words up here. They're based upon what I'm thinking. My thoughts are being communicated through my voice, through my mouth. So as I speak to you these words, I speak to you what is on my mind, what I'm thinking about. This is what the Lord Jesus is for all of us. When you look at his red letters, some of you have Bibles like mine. The editors put your, your sayings of the Lord Jesus, his words in red letters. Oh, those red letters are vital for you. So if you want to know what Jesus said, you look at those red letters, you think about them, you meditate on them. You see, he is... He is the expression of God's truth and he is the expression of God's wisdom. What the Lord Jesus says about God is what God is like. People say, well, boy, I wish I, we've talked to people about being saved. We're going to be talking about who's your one in the days ahead. Who's your one that you need to talk to about knowing Jesus and being saved? Well, people will say, I, if I could just know a little bit more about God, maybe I could believe in him. But you can listen to what Jesus Christ has said. Listen to his words. He will describe for you who God is. The Lord Jesus said of himself, he said, I do not speak on my own initiative. Listen, 
But the Father himself who sent me gives me commandment as to what I am to say, and I speak. I know his commandment is eternal life, therefore the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. He said to the disciples, all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. We are the privileged ones who follow Jesus to have believed the words of someone who has always been. You want to you want to base something on some, some of us like to read some of the old timers and old preachers and people who've studied the Bible in the past and we we respect them for what they say and they're from times gone by and now they're dead and with the Lord Jesus in glory, but you must listen to the words of the one who has always been and who always is. His eternal words are the words, listen, that will change your life. If you believe these words, you can be saved and have eternal life. So he is the word of God. He is the eternal word of God. He was the word. He was the word. We praise God for that. We think about that. He is always going to be the word of God. He is the one who speaks to us so that we might understand God. Secondly, we look to Jesus, the eternal word of God, who has always been with God. This strange, strange statement of how he could be with God. He is co-equal and co-eternal with God. He was in God the Father and the Father was in him from all eternity the Lord Jesus, this glorious Lord Jesus, Word of God, is one with the Father. We have a hard time with these things. This is why you must love God with your mind. This is why you must hear what the Lord said about Himself. The Father is in me and I am in the Father. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am in the Father, the Father's in me. If you don't believe it, look at what I do, he said to the Jews. He is in God. He is the one who speaks on behalf of God. Did you see it in the last verse I read? John chapter 1, verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, that is Jesus Christ, who is in the bosom of the Father, that is in relationship with, connected to, God himself has explained him. The one who has always been explains the one who always is. This is the glory of having the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He is the one who speaks to us. No one has seen him at any time. But now, this one, the begotten of God, not created, but begotten, out of God himself, the glory of the word of God. This is this is beyond our imagination, but you must think about it. This is, this is the one whom you bow to. This is the one whom you sing to. This is the one you draw near to. This is the one you worship. He was in God. He was with God. What did we read here in verse 2, John 1, 2? He was in the beginning with God. Please notice verse 3. All things came into being through him. Everything. Jesus Christ is not created. He is the creator of all things as God. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And in him is life. And the life was the light of men. This is the glory of the Lord Jesus, eternal word of God, who has always been with God and created all things. He was sent from God. He is the one who comes from God. He is the one 
I have seen God and I come and I speak to you about him, the Lord Jesus said. He said, I have proceeded from him and I have come from God and I don't do anything on my own initiative. I do what I've been sent to do. He said to the disciples, if for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and I have believed and, I, and you have believed that I have come from the Father. Every, every believer in this room, the reason why you confess him as son of God is you confess him as son of God, begotten of God, come from God, one with God, with God, sent from God, having seen and heard from God to speak for us about him and he is the source of life as we just read, and he brings light through his life. And now he has returned and is united to God the Father in perfect, eternal union. Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hand, this is just before he washed the disciples' feet. John 13, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from the Father and was going back to God. So I say to you this morning, in the beginning was the word. You wanna know, would you like to know about God from someone who has always existed? Then listen and look to Jesus. He is the eternal word of God. What he says has authority because he himself is God and has always been with God. And I mentioned finally that Jesus the eternal word of God has always been God. The ancient, the ancient creeds and confessions of the church say these things in wonderful ways to summarize this unbelievable statement, the word was God. They say God, the Lord Jesus Christ is God of God, light of light, God of God, light of light, very God of very God. You see today, he is the one who, as John the Baptist said, existed before me. John knew and understood. John the Baptist knew that he was not worthy to tie, untie his sandal because he knew this is the eternal one. This is the eternal one, Jesus Christ, who's come in time and space and submitted himself to become like one of us as a slave. We'll talk more about it as we prepare for Christmas. This is the glory of our Lord Jesus. This is the majesty. This is the one we follow. This is the one you surrender your life to. He is the one who has always been. He was. I'll just describe it in my shortness of time that I have left. I'm going to just rattle these off, but I want you to think about them. He was. We see it three times. He, in the beginning, he was the word. He was the word with God and he was God the word. He has always been. He was always. He was beginningless. He was endless. He was before everything. He was uncreated, but begotten. He was I am. He was, he was, he is, he is to come. He was completely lacking nothing, fully God with no need of anything. He was before time. He was before space. He was never ending. He was always word of God. He was always perfect. He was always all knowledge. He was always all wisdom. He was always all expression and he was always God. 
He is the eternal one without beginning or without ending. He never had a beginning. He will never have an ending. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one whom we deal with as the uncreated one. He is eternal in his nature as God. He is infinite. He is limited. He is not limited in any way. He is not limited by time and space and place. He is limitless and beyond comprehension. He is the one to whom we go. How did, how did Paul say it? In him is the fullness of all wisdom and knowledge. You want to know something? You want knowledge and wisdom? Then you look to Jesus. You look to this one who is the eternal one. We see here in these words before us that he is full of grace and truth. Have you come to know this Lord Jesus who extends his grace to you in your sinfulness? He is for by grace are you saved, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, this eternal word of God, son of man. He is the one who extends to us grace and we know truth. We have blessed assurance. You have an anointing from God, as I've reminded you recently, if you're saved and you know all. How do you know it? You know the truth. <clears throat> and because you know the one who is the truth. And when you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what it does? Helps you clear out all the falsehood in life. So we honor and glorify him today. And we pause today to worship him as the one who was the word of God and is the word of God and always will be. As the one who is the eternal word of God, always with God and the eternal word of God who is God. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, I've done my best. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Paul said it to the Ephesian church in trying to talk to them about praying for this. I, I now understand this. These are the things we should pray for one another to do. We pray, we do pray for one another's health. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for those, the persecuted church, but we also must pray that every Christian here who's a part of First Baptist Church and those around the globe come to know the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the way Paul said in Ephesians 1, 8, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. You see, God has lavished his grace. That's a good word, isn't it? He's just lavished it. Lavished his grace on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus is the source of all counsel, all the counsel and purposes of God. He is the complete one. The unfathomable riches of God are found in him. He is the fullness of God. I like what one of the old preachers said. Jesus Christ is very rich. Yes, he is. Rich in grace, rich in mercy, rich in kindness, rich in love, for all who will come and follow him. So what do we remember today, church, as we go? I've done the best I can with my limited knowledge and intellect to describe to you the indescribable glory of the eternal word of God. But if you're a Christian here today, how can you not spend some time thinking about what I've talked about? Will you put it away? Will you just tuck it away? Surely you must see that because of 
this one I am speaking of, you are saved. Surely you would want to draw near to this one who has always been. Look, are you worried about the future? He already knows the future. He is the one to whom you can look. He is the one to whom you can trust and count on. And you can look. I know lots of you have been disappointed in people and their relationships. But you can trust what Jesus says. And you can base your life and your death on it. So what do we do today? Listen to Jesus. I gave you the passage from Matthew 17, 5. So Peter, James, and wait a minute, John, this very man, John. They go up to the mountain and the Lord Jesus is, as the Bible says, transfigured. There, there he went there in his common robe and all of a sudden he is brilliant with light. Whiter than anybody could ever make his clothes washing them. His face shines the glory of the eternal God. The glory of who he is as the eternal one who has always been is revealed. The glory of the Lord Jesus and Peter, James and John see it. They are overwhelmed. And then there is a voice who comes and says, this is my beloved. Listen to him. We're a long way from what's called the Mount of Transfiguration. Long way. But it happened in time. And this man who writes these words, we saw his glory. He saw his glory. He saw his glory all the days of his ministry life. John saw the glory of the Lord Jesus in what he did. He saw his glory at Mount Transfiguration. And this same John who writes for us the book of Revelation. Oh my, he saw, he saw the resurrected Lord before he ascended to heaven in his glory. And then he saw him in his eternal glory again as he speaks to John in Revelation 1. Listen, who are you listening to today? Who are you listening to? Who can you count on to give you the truth so that you'll know how to die? It is the Lord Jesus. Wonder at the creation. When you leave this place today, all of its, all of its connectedness, all of its, at the micro level, at the macro level, every, go out the doors and look at the grandeur and glory of creation, the genius of the Lord Jesus Christ in the creation of it all. Oh, what those who are doctors study for years to try to understand in the cells and in, and in the body and way it's put together. Oh, the, oh, what the biologists seek to understand in creation. You see, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. And the Lord Jesus is the one speaking. Let there be light. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal word, creator of all things. Wonder at the creation. Wonder at the creation. I've often thought to myself, I'd love to take some atheists and let them come spend time on one of your farms. They wouldn't be an atheist after a while. To see the glory of creation the majesty of how God put all things together, 
they would bow their knee and say, now I see through the glory of creation, there is someone who made all of this. Yes, you can't count on cosmic soup to make sense of the created order that the Lord Jesus has given to this world. So I call you, my friends, worship the eternal word of God. Worship the eternal Word of God, who was the Word and always has been and always will be, who was with God and who was God to the glory and praise of His grace. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And I say to this church as I do every week, I go on record. We are one day closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and He is near to the door, as He said. As He said. When you see all of these things happening in the world, know that He is near to the door. Those are the words of the one who has always lived and will live forever, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready if the Lord comes today? That's why the church says, Come Lord Jesus.